record, right? Spanx. That's why people wear Spanx. Like when they, they, you put on your Spanx, they go to formal events, because formal events is where it matters. Yep. People are watching you. People are staring at your ass and your belly. Yeah. That's why I've... Spanx for oh. men. I wonder at what point do Spanx become not effective at hiding that shit. There is a point. See, look, see, even the guys... If, if they, like, quality test the Spanx? No, the, 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 <laughs> look at their website. The problem is this. They're already Spanxing. They're giving these guys Spanxings, but these guys are buff guys. Look at this dude. His chiseled fucking abs. What they need to do is do a rollover with before and after and have, like, some guy with a beer gut that looks chiseled when you roll over it. Now we're talking. Man, those go high. But over the belly button? They have to. Wow. Because that's if you put it beneath there, you'll get the roll. Yeah. I've uh, <clears throat> The thing I don't like is when you're wearing boxer briefs or whatever with a band and you bend over and it flips. Mm-hmm. That's when you know you got to you're going to have to work buy, on something. buy some new boxers. Well, I, not even that. It's just like you need to buy the Spanx. They <clears throat> they go high. Ride high, you know. Ride high. Or Those do look comfortable. Do they? Well, you were just saying how, like, they, they kind of, like, make you feel like you're taut, you know? Make like, you feel fancy. <laughs> make you feel fancy. <laughs> like, it's a, like it's a serious deal, you know? You come in black and white. I would love... I wouldn't get the white, though. White, you, don't, you don't get... When you're squeezing so much in such a little space, you don't want white anything. I mean, you just sweat so much. That's what I don't understand. Why white undergarments? Undergarments get the most abuse from sweaty cre- crevices. You know what I mean? So why why have white boxers or underwear? It's like a standard. Hey. Oh, <clears throat> maybe it's because you can bleach them really easily. That makes perfect sense. I, don't know. I was thinking way back, getting a lot of interesting colors... You have to you have to dye them. Yeah, and dyeing takes processes, and white or white or like natural, unbleached is was probably cheapest. So if anything, it should be brown. But you don't want that either, because then it just looks like <laughs> you're like, wearing dirty that's underwear. It's like on uh, Deadpool when he's talking like, "You should have worn your brown pants." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's effective. <laughs> you wear your brown pants when you know some shit's gonna go down. <laughs> Literally. But I, I have two white shirts that I bought not very long ago. They've already got pit stains and other shit. And I can't wear them. I have to wear them at home. Bleach? I have bleached them. It makes it worse for some reason. Maybe I don't know how to bleach clothes. But I feel like anytime I try to bleach white shit that I have, it just takes the stains and makes them darker. <laughs> makes the whites whiter, but the stains... It's just like... Yeah, exactly. Stay the same. Like it doesn't, maybe I just don't wash my clothes right. But Maybe. the point the point is that it's not worth the time, so I just wear black all the time. It's easy. It's easy. Pit stains are there, but you can't see them. Yeah. You could get one of these cool zoned performance. Not the V-neck. We talked about the V-neck last some, week. There's some ergonomics in that Spank shirt. I like how that guy's kind of got a sassy hip sway. <laughs> He's got some attitude. I love rollover images. This one... Is a bummer because there's no rollover. Oh, just, oh, oh, there it hello. is. Hello. 
He's got, he's got whoa. There's like big a big lats. He's got like a gap going on. Do you see that tiny little where right down here? Yeah. <laughs> it's like between his little bones. That does not look like a normal ass. Somebody photoshopped a little too high. You should have just left it. Yeah, well, if they leave it, you're not going to believe the Spanx can perform their magic. <laughs> right? The Spanx will give you <clears throat> give you a distinguished gap. See, like, this guy's got no leg muscles. Big gap. This guy, big leg muscle. Little gap. Little tiny gap between those cheeks. See, this is what you don't want. <laughs> you want to avoid your thighs they, rubbing together too much. They should have photoshopped that one a little better. That guy's got some thighs. They're they're pretty girthy. He's got like a freaking six pack, but these thunderous thighs. The thunders down under. And he looks like he only tans on one side of his body. The front side. The front side. Yeah. Who Let's tans see. the back of their thighs? That's what they need. Tanning chairs. <laughs> it's just a chair. Your back and your ass. And you pull your pants down to your knees like you're sitting on to- It could be in toilet stalls. Just like while you're deucing, just like get a little brown down there. Yeah. But in a good way. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'm going to write that down in my good ideas book. Tanning seat. Business idea. <laughs> Tanning seat. <laughs> brown while you brown. Yeah. <laughs> Tagline. <clears throat> Congratulations. That's a good idea. I'm going to be a millionaire. Episode four of Off the Record with Nick Wichman and Trey Tatum. I'm speaking for you. That's fine. It was weird last time. Welcome back. We're happy you're here. We appreciate you being here. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Your thoughts on music production or life or creativity or uh, any of the things we talk about because we kind of uh, go off on tangents a lot and we'd love for you to lead us on a tangent of your own. We may not follow you. Yeah, last week on episode three we talked about a lot about um, kind of creating and getting uh, momentum within yourself to fight self-doubt we talked about um, Candace Poole's uh, brand. brand, Billy, and how that's really cool and we believe in it. And uh, um, how, you know, her relationship to Casey Neistat um, and their podcast and what we, you know, what you hear on there and her, her self-doubt maybe, but no. whatever. We, um, we shared some early Ask You and Grey music. Yeah, we should have shared a track off of our first main album of the album from satellites the track from satellites actually that was a title track this week um we've got a little bit of a different direction we uh we're gonna share something else um but first we wanted to kick it off by talking about things important like spanx and life and you pit stains gaps and dope business ideas like the yeah, the tanning chair. You're gonna make a million dollars, dude. Tan your the back of your thighs, your mid your lower back, your mid back, not the upper back. That's it. I wanted to ask you, you're leaving tomorrow. 
on a big adventure. I am. Is that a question? I'm. <laughs> oh, I guess that was a question. Yes. Yeah, I guess I didn't ask, actually ask a question, but I'm sort of asking you to talk about it, I guess. Sure. So, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but I don't really know where you're at right now. Yeah. So uh, we are in Portland, Oregon. I am uh, I am a creative director, art director, content creator. And in the previous podcast, we mentioned this, that I applied for the, pos- the opportunity to... Um, to go down to Lompoc, 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 I don't know how to say it, Lompoc. Yeah. Lompoc. It's probably Lompoc. Lompoc? I don't know. It's in California. Go down there and uh, do social media content creation for NASA's next satellite launch, which is their ISAT-2 satellite being launched there on... Saturday morning at like 6 a.m. So they accepted my uh, my application, which was a total surprise because I don't know. I'd assume that they would. I don't think well, it was a surprise. I, I told I told you why I didn't think it was a surprise. Sure, because <clears throat> a lot of times you have content creators such as yourself who. They're, they're used to creating content to, you know, to engage users and things like that. And they're really, they're really good at doing that. Um, but the email that you wrote, I feel was touching on themes that are important to NASA and the people that are involved and like, like some of the stuff you said were like how it was like you, you really believe in like human connection and how what NASA does sort of brings people, gets people interested in science and like getting inquisitive and, and like sort of, um, dreaming big and aspiring to, um, connect with other people and connect as humans as like a human race. Like we're all in this together mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, there were just some of those themes that I think you touched on that like, I think is sort of the historical theme of NASA, you know, like one giant leap for mankind, like that kind of shit, like is like their brand almost where it's like, it's not just the USA or NASA doing this. It's like they are progressing the human species into the future. Yeah. And I feel like you touched on a lot of themes, which we touch on in our music often because we're stoked about that shit. We're really inspired and influenced by space exploration and, and science-y type shit like that. So I feel like what you said wasn't even like far-fetched as like as far as like what you're into and like where you come from. Yeah. You were just saying what we normally would say if we were just like talking about that shit, but it was genuine and it. I feel like it sort of touched a lot of the themes that they would be interested in. So that's why I wasn't surprised. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I assume the, the thing is when you apply for a social media 
press pass or whatever it is, I they their stipulations for applicants is they really ask people they're they're asking for people who have huge followings that they can share content with and drive interest in NASA in general. My following, which if you guys don't follow me, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, whatever it is, slash Nick Witchman. Check in the links in the description. Um, but, like, my following is fine. I've got... I'm, I'm getting there. But the, the I, I figure that the way I create content is more thoughtful than, like, a daily vlog, you know? Yeah. And it's less consistent, but it is... That's because I need to be inspired. Um, so I, I, I think it's going to be really interesting. And I, what's cool is that they, the way they organize their events, every like the, every big event they bring on, like 50 or something, social media impress people yeah. to share. And you get to go and then shoot video or photos and in, interview people and tell that your perspective of the story. Uh, so on Facebook, there's a event, there's like a group just for the people that are coming to this event. So I'm connected to all these other content creators that are coming from all over. Some of them are like, like geological, you know, study people that are like coming to share content through social. And some of them are, are videographers. Some of them are photographers. It's really a diverse group. Uh, and I'm, I don't know, this is my first one, but if it goes well, you know, I'd love to, I, my goal is to sh- shape the story into something more than look at that rocket, look at those scientists, or like a vlog, it's like, now I'm at NASA, now I'm at this yeah. launch pad, now I'm in this room, now there's this guy, now I'm over oh, here. Oh shit, yeah. look what's happening. Look, yeah. I ran into some other dude, I don't know, but I'm excited, I mean, I will be, I'm excited. Yeah, I feel like that is an important perspective. You, you think about the kind of videos that you would watch on fucking internet, whatever, YouTube or Reddit or whatever. Um, a lot of the more interesting ones that are really engaging are ones where the creator not only is documenting what they are experiencing, but they're also making a connection to a bigger picture and to the viewer even not even purposefully you know what i mean so obviously like if it was like purposefully it'd feel weird but like when you watch a video and, and and like there's there's like something there that's like sort of calling to this higher purpose that's enga- that's naturally engaging and i feel like that's kind of the right way to approach it it's like Look, looking for, I don't know, not only just like documenting what's going on, but also like just putting it out there of like what it means to you and like what, yeah, the I, impact of it is. Or I whatever. think I think that a lot of content creators, a lot of vlog vloggers in particular, they get huge because they're always putting out content. But you've got to anybody that's listening or whatever or us no matter like you got to think about what their content actually is because nobody's really i don't think almost anybody that's putting out daily content 
is doing simply daily content. Daily, like daily vlogging is kind of boring. Like, look, I'm over here eating a sandwich. Now I saw a bunny rabbit. Now I'm back at home. Yeah. That's not interesting. Yeah. It might, it might not even be boring, but it's the fact that there's so much of it. It's like, why, why would I care about what's happening to you? Well, especially if they're doing stuff that's less interesting than my life. Yeah. Like my life is busy enough for me that I, I've considered, I like my, my Instagram stories. I do daily Instagram stories. You can follow me on Nick, Instagram.com slash Nick Quichman. Okay. (laughs) But mine for a minute were like pretty, uh, exhaustive of my day yeah. in, in as much interesting ways as it could be. Not like, here's a fucking sandwich. Here's, yeah. here's me in my car driving to the gas station. Yeah. But, uh, I just felt like it was like, I'm living my life. So doing daily shit like that, isn't that interesting to me? I don't want to create, it's like, well, what, what if it's not interesting to people? Somebody might find it interesting because they're, they want to get to where I'm at and that's okay. But why the hell would I make something that I don't even find interesting? That's lame. It's like when we're making music, we don't make music that we think sucks just because somebody might like it. Like that's that's the sellout moment. Yeah. Like emotionally, selling out for money is different. You can make like for the right money, for the for the dick sucking money. <laughs> if it's money enough money for you to get on your knees and and latch on. Then you can, I'd write music for whatever they want, you know? Yeah. And, and really, in my, in, I don't know about you, Troy, but uh, there's, no, there's no type of music that I'm like, oh, hell no. I will never make that because oh, no. that's, it's, you know, it's like that's... Yeah. It, we appreciate everything. Yeah. Even if, it's, even if it's not great, it's all about the intent behind it and, like, the effort put into it, I totally. guess. Totally. And then if they're like, if somebody wanted us to write a country song, we've never written a country song. We've never really written, we never released. I'm already thinking about what we would do. And we, I already, yeah, know, I already know what we would do. It'd be fun and for the right money. I mean, the problem is music's a bad example for us because we would do it for a, a reasonable amount. You want, you want some weird song, whatever genre? Yeah, we'll do it. Five, ten grand? Sure. We'll do it. Do it in the night, send it over, make adjustments, boom. Learn how to play the banjo on the spot. <laughs> yeah. I used to play the banjo. Well, there you go. I we, don't, we know how, I don't remember how. You'll, you'll remember. It's pretty easy. You'll remember quick. You tune banjos. We only have one night, dude. <laughs> we only got $1,000. It's, it's $10,000. It's $10,000. $10,000 is due tomorrow. And it's due tomorrow. You better learn quick and remember <laughs> banjo stuff. There's, that's literally the... the, the <laughs> the ramping speed that our minds work through when we have jobs like that. It's like, well, we have one day. What are we going to do? Well, we could learn violin. Well, you have one day. You better learn it tonight. So you already know violin. Who do we know that has a violin? Yeah. Call him. That's really funny. Um, I do have a violin, by the way. You do? Yeah. What happened to the one that I had? You had a violin? Remember? I got, I got one. Are you sure you're not thinking of mine? No, I, I bought one at a store in Eugene. Yeah. And it didn't I, have a bow, and we had to get a bow. I do not remember that at all. And you played it at my apartment. That was mine. That no, was no. my viol- violin. I had Lucy bring it from Colorado, from my 
my parents' what, house. That's interesting because I bought one and had it in my house, and then I don't know what happened to it. I don't remember that at all. But I believe you. Yeah, I bought a violin. Should have gotten a viola. We talked about this. <clears throat> Violas are dope. Alto clef. Represent. Yeah, don't fuck with that. <laughs> you don't fuck with clefs? Anyways, so... So, going to... <laughs> flying out tomorrow. Um, I, have to, I have to pack all my stuff. Like, it's a lean... I'm taking my backpack with whatever I think is necessary, which will probably be simple setup stuff, batteries, mobile chargers, and then going to shoot all that. The the part that I'm still trying to wrap my head around is the is the concept, and I'm like kind of I have so much work projects that so many work projects that I'm like kind of freaking out. But I I. Like, what's what's the point? I think I might read through my original letter again. That's a good idea. And frame my storytelling based on the bigger idea that yeah. I have there. Because I think that that's... Yeah. And, I mean, you're going to be there for several days before anything happens, right? We or have, I mean, like we have events. We have stuff starting on Thursday morning. But there's going to be downtime where you can, like, kind of collect your thoughts and, like, kind of plan shit out. And I'm trying to also collaborate with some of the other people because there's no point to going to an, an event to capture moments if if you can't share those moments. Yeah. Because the people there are literally working, and they're really excited to share their thoughts. But, like, I want somebody, I want to, like, find some pals to be like, this is epic and then I can turn that story into from my story, my concept that is shaped kind of by what I see. Mm-hmm. So it's fluid. Get, gather the footage and photos from the engineers and the scientists and the, the space and then talk with those people and help it develop into a thought, yeah. a, a bigger thought. I think that that actually is a good strategy. And I'll tell you why. One of your Instagram stories where you interviewed that dude that fixed your win- window. Oh, my God. That's one of the best videos you've ever oh, made. It's, it's incredible. But it has nothing and to do with literally me. just you asking that dude questions and him talking. Yeah. And, and like, you almost didn't do any work. And it was one of the best things you've ever made. I almost didn't even film it. it so, just backstory. Last year, Naomi, my now wife, was out of town working... And I was, it was starting to snow, and I was trying to take the air conditioner out of our window, and it's, we got like, I got like a 12,000 BTU air conditioner window one that weighs like 80 pounds. So I'm trying to take it out of our old house, the slide up and down windows with the weights that go inside. Of course, Lod knows, people for some reason cut the weights off because the track isn't working. And so this window had no weights. So if you try to lift it, it's all sticky, number one, and then you're trying to move stuff, then it'll drop down. Well, there I was, trying to get this window, this big old AC out of there by myself, trying to hold the thing up with so the 80-pound AC wouldn't fall out the window, and then I put my elbow right through the window. <laughs> so that I broke the window. The next day, I called Don Calvin, my boy, <laughs> I think Calvin. that's his name, Don Calvin, here in Portland, 
he comes and starts fixing it. And this dude has this, he, he, he didn't say much. And then I literally was filming the window as it, as it was broken. And we kind of cleaned out the glass. I was filming the frame and I leaned out to show him. And there was something that compelled me. I'm like, I should go film him. And this is at the point where I like, I had, I hadn't just started filming stuff, but I was like, you know, it takes time to like gain confidence. It was early on. It was, yeah. You're just kind of filming whatever. Yeah. I was trying to figure out who I was to film, you know, and then I, this moment happened. I went out and I asked the dude, Hey, can I film you doing this? He's like, sure, sure, sure. (laughs) And then. I'm like, do you have any, and this is the, this is the moment where like, I remember it so vividly and the back of his truck, number one, I realize I don't know how glass is cut. So getting to watch him cut glass to size is, was really in the rain. Yeah, the was, only glass cutting you do is when it's cold outside. Yeah. I'm fucking cutting glass with these nips. <laughs> <laughs> so I went out there and the question I asked him was, do you have any advice that you would give to to my my young viewers, just as like I, just to intro, to make him feel comfortable and, and give him context to what I'm it's doing. Like you're not talking to me. I'm yeah. a dumb loser. Yeah. You're talking to kids or youth. You're yeah. talking to youth. And What's he, your message? And to the he youth? was like, absolutely. And then he just boom was running, and his story was fucking crazy too. He had all his money in these investment firms, and in 2008, when everything fucking imploded he lost his entire retirement his entirement (laughs) and uh and he there was like he had this revelation that like um they can that you know that the stock market bozos can take his money but they can't take his health and so he like said fuck it started started working again started a new company doing glass and like it was it was all like really coincidental and like kismet because I called a dude to get the glass fixed and I called this guy I called was too busy and he's like I'm too busy but my dad actually has his uh, glass business as well and you should call him and so I did and that was Don Calvin of course he's a freaking rad dad rad dad and don calvin by the way but like, like what what did, what did he what was his what was his message what did he say i mean that was he said so i'll put it we should we should pull it up because it was really important i think like he, what he said was really powerful and i can't rem, i can't remember exactly let what me, the what the wording was quit this we'll save my changes <laughs> side note Nick pulled up a uh, an old version of one of our songs that we used to use for live shows. That we're going to share. And I walked in. Uh, when I got here, I walked in and he was had it open. And he's like, look what I have open. And we kind of listened to it a little bit. And I, I asked him, I was like, be honest. Did you do any mixing to this? And I had. And he had. He adjusted some. That's the problem. We can't. I can't help myself. But if, when, if there's a logic file open, I will touch. There's it. tweaking that will happen. Yeah, and that's the problem uh, with making an album, and why this album is taking so long. Number one, I don't have time to open it. Number two, when I do, I'm just in tweak mode. Don Calvin, there tweak he is. Levels for days. 
You want to watch the whole, listen to the whole thing? Yeah. You get to listen. Uh, I can post. The, I'm thinking about posting these on my portfolio site. Like a li- like literally like all of every good one for the past because I've done these daily. Just so you guys know, I've been working really hard over here, and it'd be fun to have like this repository of like 2017, like the whole goddamn year. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, we're gonna listen to it. It's only minute and a half. Wednesday, hump day, it's hump day, right? Quick update on my window. This is where we're at. Got my boy Don out of his truck, fixing up that window, replacing the glass. I'm gonna make this one my my first and foremost cut right here. It's been an amazing ride. You have any, you have any tips you want to share with anybody? Yeah, I do. Do what you say you're gonna do. Do it when you said you'd do it, and do it for what you said you'd do it for. Real simple. You can do that. You're gonna fly. Yeah. I've been in business for 50 years. As successful as a man can be for working for a living, and I'm a happy camper. Yeah. You're in a situation. How do you want to be treated? Totally. Now, that's advice coming from a blonde guy that was born on April Fool's Day. Seriously. You're all pissed off when somebody shit in cornflakes? You don't have to shit back. Yeah. Just get I got a feeling that uh, you got nothing to worry Remarkable. That was a remarkable experience. It was so lighthearted. He lost all of his retirement in the crash. Made a mental decision that they can take his money, but they can't take his health. And he would stay positive and he'd be kind to others. That's just a testament to, to the human condition. How people want to connect with people. Hmm. There's uh. gold in, in his words. And you did not plan any of that. No. He just said it. Yeah. And that's why I feel like... Just going in there and just kind of going with the flow and like having an overall idea of what you want, but then just letting things happen is a good strategy because that kind of shit happens. Like some of the stuff he said was like, what did he say? He, he said, do what you said you're going to do, do it when you're going to do it and do it for what you said you'd do it for. Yeah. Which is basically... Be honest. Be an honest person. Especially in business. And work hard. Yeah. Which is like, that is fucking killer advice for anybody. For any human. It doesn't even matter if you're working or doing anything. It's like, that's how you be a good human. Yeah. There's a, yeah, that whole thing is, is really, what inspires me the most, like, Don Calvin was one of the moments last year that, that like, change the way I look at the world. When you start filming, like it's when you start filming daily shit, a lot of it is me because that's what, that's what life is. That's okay. But when you have those moments where, where there's someone that is not just somebody else, it's like somebody else that, that gives you insight or inspires you in the way like he did that like, I don't know. It gives you context or, or give, gives your life and this time you're spending every day doing all this shit, gives it purpose. And uh, he's one of the people, that day was one of the days where I was like, okay, doing, wasting 
hours because I didn't really I've, I've edited videos before that before I started this whole thing but not that much the, the the whole idea of doing daily daily Instagram stories which are not long it's not vlogging it's not vlogging <laughs> but is to is to better myself and to to track and document my life in the moments that are special and this moment was one of the ones that was like it made me feel like life, not my life, life is worth documenting. Because I don't know if Don Calvin's been on anybody else's videos. He may have been. But for, for me and our friends who have seen this video, that video struck a chord. Absolutely. Because that one dude who went through, who went through and was probably still going through hell because of the economy... His outlook, like, changed my perspective. Yeah, his attitude about fucking like what what he says like, someone can shit in your shit in your cornflakes, but you don't have to shit back. That is so fucking good because it's like you can't control what people do to you. You can no. you can control how you react. Yeah, and if you react in a way that's destructive, you're only hurting yourself. Well, and you're only contributing to the world. You're only contributing to the shit that's in the cornflakes. Yeah, you're only making more shitty cornflakes for everyone. Yeah, in the entire world. And like I don't know, me and you have talked about this that like we are. Fuck, dude! I forgot <laughs> about something. Um, but we are we are all one. We are all one species connected through the internet, connected through each other. And when you think that somebody's being an asshole and they're just an asshole, you have to really consider, like, their day probably has been a lot worse than yours. And if they've been an asshole for years, their life has probably been a lot worse than yours. And they're not trying to be an asshole. They're trying to find the reason and and rationalize their shitty experience by evening the playing field kind of it's like they're just they're dishing out what they've been dished yeah and that's not fair uh that's not the fair for them so when you react to somebody who's like just kind of a dickhole by being an asshole it's you're not you're actually just making it worse for them and for you like they need love you're reinforcing their perspective and their experience how shitty is that if you you like you have a like really unfortunate life and then everyone's also an asshole to you because you're kind of an asshole it's like that's just fucking adding i don't know in insult to injury it's a a feedback loop exactly of of shitty behavior and if we can if we can break that loop for them once like that they will see something different and that's kind of special um i had a tweet i watched a video by gary v gary vaynerchuk who's a big content dude everybody knows kind of who he is but um he he tweeted this video that he posted about uh about um Humanity and the evolution of humanity and the internet. And I tweeted back at him. I tweeted back, man, I totally agree that the connectivity of the internet and social networks is truly a step in human evolution. We're building connections 
and circuits between each human and unifying an entire species as one large voice. You know who liked that? Gary V did. Oh, shit. He likes a lot, though. Dude, that's so funny. Because, I mean, I'm sure you've heard in the news that Elon Musk was on Joe Rogan's podcast. Uh, And he smoked weed and he he ruins. Everybody, there's now, there's already, have you seen, there's already big old uh, um, paintings like, what is that called? A painting? A mural. Mural. (laughs) Big murals of him smoking weed on Joe Rogan. Mural, uh, Elon Musk. I want to see this. Here it is. <laughs> Look at it. It's be, it's become pop culture icon now. <laughs> that face, dude. That face. But I don't I don't care about that. That's sure. a whole political thing right now, and I don't I don't fucking care about it because it's a non-issue for me. Um, but I did listen to maybe 80% of the podcast so far. And they talked about what you just said about the, uh, the internet and like connectivity and all that stuff. He, he was saying that like he, it was kind of, it was kind of an awkward podcast cause he, like he's he, like, I think he's a, he's a little bit autistic, right? I would, so I would he's, be confident that he's he might be on the spectrum. He's incredibly brilliant and super very brilliant. focused on what he talks about. Can't hold a conversation to save his life. So it was a bit awkward to listen to, but I can understand that because he's got his brain operates on a different level. And Joe, it felt like he was just like totally fanboying out the whole time and like I believe that. which is fine i would too because it's like dope to like talk to somebody who's so influential and stuff like that but it was it was kind of an awkward podcast to listen to there was like the conversation was kind of like staggery i don't know it was just yeah. like it wasn't fluid it was really uncomfortable sometimes then that he's the, also the weed stuff he's smoking like a it's like a it's a blunt. It's a blunt, not a spliff, not a no. joint. It is like a fatty, and yeah. he looks like he's. Think about being the head of a company. You know, like comp- a lot of companies, are like oh, you can't, you can't do this. We test for. I, I, you know, Tesla very well may, might test for. They can't. They can't though if it's recreationally legal. Yeah, but, but they're not in California. Tesla's not. Uh, I have, I think he lives there, but I think their their headquarters is in a different state. I don't I don't it, I don't know. It doesn't way, doesn't matter. But him smoking that is I bet you he does not have the opportunity to smoke a blunt and then be on a talk show. And if he does, his mind his conversational mind is probably even more awkwardly focused. I haven't even gotten to that part yet. Oh really? <laughs> That's that didn't even happen yet. Oh, it's awkward man. before that. I can only imagine how weird it gets after that. Anyways, the, the one of the things that he talked about that I thought was really interesting is he was saying that, like he was basically saying that we are already cyborgs because with the way that we are using our smartphones and using technology, we are already augmenting our brains. And he, he talks about like the limbic system versus like the uh, cere- cerebral cortex. I can't talk. That sounds scientific terms but anyways like they're like limbic system is kind of how we like that's what we're kind of operating on and our cerebral cortex 
is like the the logic part of our brain that knows that like it, it's like kind of more rational and like fights against our impulses to be rational and logical. And some people like him are extremely logical and rational and not so much like controlled by their, you know, emotions and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, but his whole point of what he was saying was like, when we have technology at our fingertips and we can, we can access the human collective information database on a whim for anything, yeah. you are now part of a different organism. You are part of this larger system circuitry where you're not just using what's in your brain. You are accessing information that's stored outside of your brain that you know is there. You go out, you get it. So it's it's almost like you're expanding outside of yourself. Yeah, you have a wider to, to, file structure. To process yeah. information and learn information and regurgitate information that the human collective has already um, recorded. And and kind of processed. They've yeah. pro- it's like what's great about Wikipedia is it's not one person writing it. Everybody looks it's at it. It's a collective like it's, of people checking, correcting each other. Yeah, correcting each other. That's what's crazy. So you're you're going to – I mean back in the day when we were in school, like I remember when Wikipedia was not allowed. Yeah, they're just like you can't do that because it's not, it's not like sourced by – yeah. And then it's like, now it's like, that is, that is literally where the information is. And, and encyclopedias are having a hard time selling because who the hell wants to buy a half ton yeah. of books to you, cover? You, yeah. You have a volume of paper yeah. that was put together by a small group of really smart people. Or maybe me as, oppo- yeah. as opposed to a chaotic mess of information that people are like a huge group of really smart people are constantly modifying and changing to be correct. It's it's like, that's, you know, like one is clearly better than the other. I mean, the the Wikipedia is literally like your, your uh, immune system. Yeah. If something is wrong, People find it and get rid of it. It's, and it, then, other than that, they keep that. They're like your body as a as a system is building new cells. You know, like it is working to keep growing, to keep living. And then when something's wrong, they send out the crew to rid your body of that wrong thing. Yeah. Then, and and then that fucking asshole gets banned because they're spreading misinformation. Exactly. But. You just described a fucking immune system an- analogy. That's not even really an analogy. That's literally what, what that is. It, yeah. And, and what's crazy and, is... And it, we can tap into that system, that ecosystem of information at any time to learn about the world. Yeah. That is not... <coughs> that, that is not confined within our bodies. Like we are literally now integrating with technology in a way that makes us way more advanced than if we didn't have it. In, in the, uh, you know, I went to a wedding this weekend out at 
Horning's Hideout in uh, just west of Portland. Did it make you horning? I was so horny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, while I was there, there was this moment, and this is how you know that you're connected to a system that you rely on that is beyond yourself. We were out there. Somebody said something. I'm like, I don't know if that's true. Let me look it up. Pull out my phone. No service out at Horning's Hideout. You're like, and it was, it was crippling. Like not answering some dumb question that I clearly didn't know the answer to. That's not the issue. It's I lo- I I am now aware that I'm disconnected from the hive. Yeah, and you didn't get to be the immune response to the misinformation. Exactly. So there was a there was like an infection happening where you're like, I don't know if that's right, but you didn't have the means to totally self-correct And maybe it. it was less like somebody said something I didn't believe was right, but somebody asked something that I wanted to be the one that had the information. Ah, gotcha. That's I different. I don't quite remember. But either way, being connected to the, to the server, the human server, which is the internet, is like... We rely on it so much. We like if you go somewhere and, and you don't have service, and you see a bunch of Instagram chicks that are trying, or dudes that are trying to raising their phones and they are trying to connect. They're literally suffering because they're not connected to the main, the, the mothership. Yeah. Of of everyone, whether or not it's good or bad, that like that doesn't really matter. But but that happens when people are like I don't have any service. Do you have any service? That's people literally suffering because they're not getting the experience connected to the hive that they expected. Yeah. And I, I think that the, uh, the hysteria around like social media ruining culture and all this stuff, I think that that is a different problem. It's not about the connectivity. It's not about the technology. It's about the, the, uh, (laughs) it's about the way that our, culture monetizes the technology and the information, which is weird and, and destructive. So like there's a lot of people that have come out in the past year or two about like Facebook and all this stuff and how it's like the, the addictive tendencies of people on Facebook getting, you know, like it's designed to addict you and to take over your life, Mm -hmm. right? But why? It's because they want to serve you ads and they want to generate revenue by serving you ads. Because every minute you're on there makes them money. The technology itself is not the problem. The, the, The motive behind the technology is the problem. And so, like, with the post that you were talking about, what was his name? Gary Vaynerchuk. So, like... His his whole point in that post was um, social media is not ruining us. And I feel like it's because the technology is sound and the technology is, is powerful and impactful and it's evolving us mm-hmm. to be more connected and to be more um, expand our abilities beyond our physical capabilities. That's, that sounds like it's not right, but that's whatever. That's kind of what it is though. It's, you know, like ex- expanding your, what you can do outside of what you can physically handle. Right. Sure. So like 
all the information that I think I know, I'd probably have to double check by looking it up, right? Because I can't recall it with my physical, like, brain and, like, memory because it's stored somewhere else and I, I can go get it at any time, right? Or if I don't know something, I can go look it up and learn it. Yeah. Probably won't remember it, but I know where to look for it. Yeah. So the technology itself is evolving us past our physical selves. But the way it's being used and the way it's being monetized and the motive behind social media is is what is destructive and, and hurting people, I but, guess. But that's an evolution, too. Because Facebook started to keep track of of college students. Mm-hmm. And then it expanded to be a lot of college students. And then it eventually expanded to be everyone. And, like, the ads didn't kick in until a while after the, the first yeah. Facebook. So, so maybe the problem, then, is scale. Sure. If well, if you have the technology, if it scales to a certain point, it can't sustain itself in, unless you in, you plug it into the monetary system that we live under. So the problem then would be in the way, that, especially now, I, I, and I agree with this, I'm in advertising, so I agree with this, is <laughs> the problem is in how we monetize. Yeah. So... With the the invention of AdBlock on Google Chrome and any other browser or or whatever, you get those ads like on the freaking New York Times or whatever, where it's like you we're not going to let you look at this unless you turn off AdBlock. Yeah, it's like, well, I'm not going to look no, at your number your one article. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you're you've lost a reader. Bye. Yeah, I don't care that much. I I cared for I can, less. Yeah, less than you would believe. <laughs> I this is an impulse. I have. <laughs> I have gotten over it. Um, but that, that means that we need to find another way to give, to, to, to make money. Because like a company like Facebook, not now. Facebook now is, is in a, they are cyclical within the, the machine of advertising. Yeah. And a lot of companies are. So how do you get there? How do you, how do you create money-making elements or how do you do a new form of advertisement that's not so stupid that's what we have to figure out because i mean like there are some times where i don't mind an ad like i listen to podcasts all the time and there's always either at the beginning or in the middle or whatever there's some plug for something who, who it's did usually the, who squarespace did the, who did the uh, squarespace is advertising all over what i appreciate about squarespace is that they're at even on instagram and everything their ads are always visually cool and simple yeah and they're it's not annoying it's just it just is which which is perfect for squarespace because yeah. squarespace just is and it, it's like it's saturated the podcasting and like digital space so much that people kind of expect, Oh, it's a Squarespace ad. I already know. But, but it's not usually like, Oh, these guys again, I hate these. It's, it's never, (laughs) there are people like that. I've talked to them. That's, but I mean, but the, (laughs) the experience of advertising across the board, Squarespace is not that bad. Well, I think that Gary V in particular, um, his his method of 
advertising is usually through organic, real content creation. Like he started with his parent family owns a wine shop, and how do they how do they get customers? It's a high high it was a higher end wine shop. So what he did is he started a YouTube channel where he talked about wine. Okay, and that's all he did. He wasn't trying to sneak into your feed. He's trying to really give valuable information. It's not an advertisement at that point. It is truly a... a it's content. It's con- valuable content for people looking for it. And, and what's great is if you have an impulse for wine, you search wine. If your content's the best and, and tagged the right way, your content will be the first one. That's a free ad that you don't, have, you don't even have to pay for. You produced it, and then they go. And if your content isn't stupid you've gained a customer or a follower. And if you like, that's, that's the future of av- that future of advertising is, is informing. Yeah. Giving valuable information that then people will like, if there was somebody giving free car tutorials on how to fix your car and they're showing you, showing you and they're in town and your car breaks and you always watch their videos every time you need to fix your car. And you're like, this is the only guys that are doing it the way I like it. Yeah. It's like, who do you go to? Well, fuck these guys are in Portland. I'm going to those guys yeah. because they've they I, they've literally saved me ten grand fixing my crappy piece of crap car, and now I have something I can't fix. Those are the guys. They they've already earned I'm, my business. Yeah, I've watched them fix everything and teach me how to fix it myself. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it's like the ads online right now that are messing up everyone's feeds are the ones like, cool. These what check, check out this watch. It's yeah. free. You just have to pay shipping. Or you get this subscription box of a bunch of shit you don't need. Totally. Or subscription sign up, boxes. Sign up for this class. It's only 1200 bucks, but you'll be a master at whatever you searched for one time on accident. And we, we and remember we know it. That. Yeah. <laughs> we have a whole database full of those, those exactly. words. And I know that you typed them that one day. So yeah. you must be interested, right? It's only 999 bucks. I... I told you this, but I needed a new wallet and I saw an Instagram advertisement for a wallet. The wallet looked dope. I was like, I like that wallet. I need a new wallet. Fuck it. I'll buy it. Now, nothing but ads for wallets. Instagram thinks I just want to buy wallets. It's See, like I already bought a wallet. You need to move on. You need to fix your algorithm to, to, to be smart enough to not show me wallets. See, here's the, this is the problem, is that, that Instagram, I, I actually am really happy when I find an ad that I'm actually interested in. And you watch it, you're because, like, oh. Or I click on it and look through their, their yeah. products, because that means that advertising isn't failing everywhere. And in Instagram, you can't block those ads, but when they're good, you shouldn't want to block them. Yeah, it's like I'm actually interested in this. I actually want to look at it. Whether or not I buy is not relevant, but yeah. Um, yeah. So what? So that's the the downfall of good advertising is knowing when you've bought it. Because if Google, well, it's or or Instagram knew when you clicked in and then they reported that you purchased, then on items that are like yeah. wallets where you don't need 17 wallets, that should flip you to something related. It should transition your the algorithm to something like uh, in a tree. Yeah, 
That, that's, that's the problem. Information though, learning. Nobody cares. Anybody that's doing the the advertising algorithms and the systems that tag and categorize your interactions with the platform, nobody who's making that cares enough to to make it good for the user. What they care about is volume. Get sure. as many ads out there as possible because the more ads we put out there, the more likely somebody will have that moment where they watch the thing, look at the website, and buy a thing. It doesn't matter if we're annoying people. What matters is that we have that small percentage of engagement. Yeah, and I think that that's a downfall of, like, so, at, as people, like, I've bought, I've paid for ads. I've paid for them, and I think that that's, that would be infuriating to me as an advertiser to know that I'm, I'm selling belts, and for people who are searching for shoes or for ties, if they, like, they could tr- shift and pivot the ads to relate to those products and sell a, my belts that look the same. Like that's that would make everyone more money and make you the shopper more happy. Yeah, I'd be like, and then, oh, that's a dope belt. I would go with the tie that I was just looking at. Yeah, well, that's whatever. But like the problem is, is that the technology behind it literally is out of control. Yes, because all it is is data collection Mo- and money collection, <laughs> data analysis, yeah. and then that goes into an algorithm and it sh- it shows it based on metadata. So nobody's like thinking like, "Oh, we should implement this new this new process that tracks what people like have bought in the past." And like if they bought a wallet, let's not show them wallets. Nobody nobody's thinking about that because it's way bigger than anybody can even keep track of. Because all it is is data collection, which is a fuck ton of data. And then data sorting, data analysis, and then somebody makes a decision, yeah, let's uh, run that ad. Just put it out there. Whoever, whoever. All all of those (laughs) terms. Whoever had something related to wallets on any fucking site ever in their browser history, whatever, it doesn't matter. If there's anything related to wallets. Put that ad up there. Yeah, I, that's obviously super oversimplified. See, but we're, the, the we're, problem is, yeah. is that the the algorithm and and the metadata and all that stiff stuff is way over anybody's head. But it the, works the, the a certain bigger, way. The bigger and problem. That's, see, we're already. This is what me and Trey do. We talk about what the problem is. The problem is not the algorithm. The problem is that a a, a social media a, a evolution is great. And then it has to be monetized. That's the problem. And yeah, the, the, you have to the pay method, for because it can't scale well, be, if you can't pay for the server. The people that are some like literally Mark Zuckerberg sitting in his basement in college, or he was not probably in a basement. He was at Harvard, Stanford, Harvard. He was at Harvard. Uh, but it's like him. He he can't run that alone. And you you don't want your your platform to be run by one person. No, because that. Poor individual needs support, yeah. and then in order to have support, you need money. So uh, me and Trey go down the route. It's like, well, what is the solution? Which I love to do, but we don't even try to do it. We didn't try to do it just now, but we literally started doing it. 
Well, planning algorithmic intelligence because because we because we see some like if it's working, why how why like it's working, but it's not the best. So what do we do to make it better? Well, we we come at it from a user's perspective, and the user is annoyed by ads, especially tech technologically savvy users. Yes. Ignore ads, block ads all day. I don't want to see ads. I don't care. If I want to buy something, I'm going to go find it and buy it. I don't need to be advertised to. But they don't care about that. Nobody cares about that. What they care about is the fact that their system and and the, the algorithms and all that shit generates enough revenue to keep the fucking thing afloat. Because enough people engage with the ads... Very small percentage, as like compared to how many people are being advertised to. But I mean, but it's enough to keep it afloat, so they just keep keep it going because they're getting what they want out of it, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, what's the alternative? What's the, if you're listening right now? What would you do? What would you do to to use like Facebook is might be in decline, but even if for business owners, it's really good to find people that, or or it's really good for people like us to find groups of people. Yeah. And then, and, like, what would you do to fund those companies in place of advertising? If there's a donate button, would you don't like Reddit? There are there are people that do that. Like Patreon's a thing, but but for, uh, for but content pa- creators and stuff like that. The Patreon, Patreon, you're paying for the the content creation from that one person. Mm-hmm. Like four bucks a month. That's almost nothing. Yeah. But if but that could fund somebody's epic content. Yeah. And you get to be a part of it. It's just a way to support people, but that's not sustainable. Like for a platform like Facebook, at the scale that Facebook is at, literally every everyone's on Facebook in every country almost. Yeah. You know, any country that has access to the internet. More than a billion people. Absolutely. And that is a significant amount of people. <laughs> yeah. That shit is not sustainable unless you have... A, a constant stream of revenue and it's not possible to get a constant stream of revenue by ethical means well and I'm, I'm curious if the problem is once you start doing advertising which is it feels really invasive if you can ever go back to a donate system and because like right now thinking about it would you donate to Facebook fuck no I don't even use Facebook <laughs> that's because you're high <laughs> I don't want to I don't use Facebook that much but Facebook's where I have like this NASA group you dropped your your smoo- smoothie your what is it called raspberry smoothie. gone wild <laughs> oh god um, Facebook's where I have this NASA group Facebook's where I have this content creator group it's really good for grouping people that you're not you don't know and then building relationships it's with, super which useful everything all that life is is building relationships and trying to be connected connected to people in a way that's positive for everybody um, and Facebook does that right now yeah Reddit doesn't do that so would I donate to Facebook like would you sign up for Facebook if it was a dollar a month or or no. or a dollar a year? No. I mean, and and maybe uh, like Facebook now is a pit of despair. Yeah. So maybe that's not the right the right iteration of Facebook to to use. But uh, yeah, I don't know. If it was a if it was a social media platform that I actually got value from, 
I would consider paying for it, just like I pay for like Netflix, right? I get value out of Netflix, so, so but, I pay but for it. Netflix is very uh, the it's, concept. It, the concept of watching movies or shows is very like you pay to go to a movie, you watch the movie, you're done. And Netflix, their model is literally built to destroy that. Yeah. So it's like I get to watch. 12 movies in three days and nobody's going to charge me aside from the 10 bucks a month. Like that yeah. they've, they've broken the concept of that payment structure. And yeah. I, that's what's, that's what's so successful. About yeah. Them. But like my point is, is that if it's a service that I find value in, like I do see value in Facebook for the things that you mentioned, like grouping and events and stuff like that. Super valuable. But personally, I don't get any value out of it because I don't post status updates. I don't really um, respond to event invites. Like, sure. The the group thing is is valuable to me if if like if I utilize that. I never really got into that. Twitter's the same thing. Like, I didn't. I never got into Twitter because I just don't like. I don't feel the need to like talk about what I'm doing. Twitter's a lot of noise. And it is, it's a, yeah. It's a lot, it's, but when you can, when you can connect with somebody, like I have friends, I have friends on Twitter that are, that I've known since we lived in Chicago in 2008 that we now are friends on Facebook and like, it's very bizarre, yeah. but it's super cool to make connections like that. And yeah. The, uh, yeah. the, the only social media platform that I actually post content to currently is Instagram, but I only do like I only do that when I when I take a picture that I really like. You know what yeah, I mean? Like I do. And I like I take a lot of pictures just to share them with people outside, like outside of Instagram. Like I'll I'll send pictures to Mercy or I'll send pictures to you or whatever of just funny shit that I see or whatever. And that's enough for me. It's just to share it with somebody that specific that would get it. Yeah. But like if I post to Instagram, it's something that I'm really proud of and that I want people to see. Do you post to Reddit anymore? No. I, <clears throat> no, I don't. I've stopped posting to Reddit since I got banned from the photography subreddit for posting my very first and only thing, which was an insightful background into product photography they did not like that. They said I was self-promoting and banned me. Shame on you, mods. Shame yeah, mods, on you. The mods on the photography subreddit are were cranky. And, you know, I can't be they're mad vi- at them. They're vigilant. They probably had a bad day with a bunch of bozos. No, that's mine. not even it. They probably just have to deal with so much bullshit all the time that they just... They just... They couldn't even, they could not even. Anybody that even, like, seems like it's bullshit. Like, Which was frustrating, because then... It is frustrating, because, I mean, that's that's part of the whole thing. It's like, you cast this wide net of trying to curate content, you're going to also, in that wide net, block out real content creators that have something valuable to contribute. Yeah, and that's... Because there's assholes that just want to self-promote. Totally. And that's, that's the hard part. It's like, I don't, yeah, it doesn't matter. But, but anyways, that, the, my, my whole point is, is if there was a social media platform that I found value in being a part of, and it 
which I, I don't really, I don't really envision that ever being a thing just cause I don't really care that much about social media. I don't really care about talking about myself or like, I do like to like see what other people are doing, but it's not so important to me that I would invite them to be a part of what you're doing. Yes. See, and so, that's the, that's the hard part about creating music is that we have to do that. We have to invite people into what we're doing. And we're making this podcast because we're really passionate about what we're doing. And Trey, you're now on a social media, which is podcasting. Yeah. And we... I'm proud of this, though. Like, yeah. this, this, this is val- valuable to me. So if we had to pay for Anchor to host our podcast, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. But their business model is in... It's in a, advertising. Yeah. It's in advertising. <laughs> And they, they do, uh, apparently they do like a donation thing, which they probably yeah. take a cut and that's, that's, a, that's sustainable now. Yeah. But if Anchor blew up and everybody was doing podcasts, it'd probably get shitty, right? Maybe. I don't know. So th- I, I feel like there's a Goldilocks zone for online platforms where it's like you reach a certain size and then it starts to get shitty yeah, when it's a scale. Because you can't sustain the platform without having to monetize it. That's interesting. Yeah. And that's like we're seeing the fallout of social media platforms in in their final form. You know? They're they're way in, too, in, way too in, big in, to sustain. In their final form. Not so. I no, think totally. social media is going to no, to- evolve as well. Totally, I agree. But like, well, you, you get so big that it becomes gross, and then people stop using it because it's gross. And I feel like that's wh- what we're seeing with a lot of the big social media platforms. Yeah. Um, even like, Instagram, like MySpace, like, MySpace got too big, and then it became so mainstream that it was failing itself. Yeah. And then in, Facebook took over. And now they're getting so big, they're failing themselves. Well, I feel like Facebook took what MySpace did, did, but they found out how to monetize it to make it scale larger. And now we have the Facebook we have now, which is kind of a shit show. But you know what I mean? Like MySpace died out because there were alternatives that were better. But that has to be because they couldn't sustain monetarily sustain the platform because they didn't have like what were they doing it was a free service i think they had ads they had they they must have had ads i can't remember but it it wasn't quite the scale that like no facebook and youtube and everything they had a lot of people and i freaking tom whatever his name is he made some pretty pennies off for sure but i feel like it it didn't it didn't shift enough to sustain the platform to keep, I, keep I going. I believe when right? it was still hot, the last time I realized it was still the old MySpace before they revamped everything in like 2010 or 11. Before that, it was still in tables. Yeah. The whole site was built in tables. It was terrible. It was crazy. It was awesome, but it was terrible. Like, you could hack your site, your page, to look however you wanted yeah. if you wanted to put in the effort. Yeah. Woof, dude. Too much. Anyways, the connection is what's valuable. The connection. The connection is what's valuable. And that's why, going back to what we were saying before, 
That's why social media is not ruined. We're just seeing the consequences of scale, having scale. Of, of scale, the consequences of scale because too much connection is expensive. Yeah. But I don't know. Wikipedia they they have a donate they donate they they have those sad banner ads. <laughs> Every year they have yeah. a sad banner ad with a dude asking for money and they're still going. But I mean that's that is the alternative to not monetizing but they also like asking for donations like but wikipedia also is is a service like facebook's not offering me anything but people wikipedia is offering me people's minds yeah. the people that matter yeah and like it's curated i know like it it i feel like if it's reddit much more valuable if reddit facebook. did started like a a TV series or something where it's like we took everything fantastic and now it's only the best based on the years of analytics and now this is what you can pay five bucks a month for boom reddit could start their own broadcast network that is the the content the style of content and and all driven by the intelligence that they found. That's what I might pay for. That would be a service. Right yeah. now, I'm doing the work on Reddit. Yeah. So I'm not going to pay for that. Yeah. I like I'm the one upvoting, downvoting. That's me driving their quality of content. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that is the, that's the conundrum of Reddit. It's because it's how do you how do you monetize somebody else's content? Taste totally. You know what I mean? Like Reddit is not a social media platform in the same sense as Facebook is because the reason you go to Reddit is because other people have good taste. Well, it's... And it's a democratized taste machine. (laughs) Yeah. Taste machine. That's another business idea. The shit gets downvoted and the good stuff rises to the top. And they have their algorithm good enough that it, it... is satisfying to the user base. Well, it's simple. Does this suck? This does not suck. Cool. We're going to put this in the category of does not suck. <laughs> like that's really it's all it should be. If no. face if Facebook did that and took like even the neutral stuff rises to the top and you see it, and you're like, ah, that was in, that was cool, but that was not that it, did not it wasn't, totally yeah, suck. It wasn't a complete waste of time. If Facebook started doing that, <laughs> like Facebook has no downvote. So if they and and there's there's no incentive to like or dislike on yeah. Facebook. You can't dislike. But if they didn't show you things that like if if a post got 50 views and then if it didn't get a certain percentage of likes from that and they stopped showing it and they told the poster your post sucks, maybe the content would be better. <laughs> right? Like that's what Reddit does. Yeah. You the, the second you get on there and you post something and you really worked hard on it and it has it has zero points. You delete it and, and then you, you cry. Yeah, you feel bad because you worked so hard and you want to share and then that's it. You you don't get you're like, "Well, I'm done." And it's like maybe you should be done. Yeah. I mean, like really like maybe I shouldn't post on there because 
I'm not posting for their taste. Yeah. I'm posting for what what I would want to see or something. I don't oh. know. That's me floating. I like that. But anyways, fuck social media. We've gotten on. I know we to went a huge. This is this is how we do it. We're we're this whole episode we're is consi- a tangent. We're considering. The I don't future. even know what we were talking about before. Well, we were talking about social media. So um, all these like all these ideas of of um, branching out outside of our physical selves to the human collective and connecting with other humans, curating content, you know, putting information out. Um, it's becoming something bigger than any individual can accomplish or even physically with your mind comprehend. Yeah. You, it has to be held on an external So there, there is there is a an evolution happening in in our culture where the connectivity and the technology is advancing so fast that we are starting to integrate into something that is more than what our grand grandfather and grandmother were. Yeah. And it's like it's exciting, but it is also dangerous and it's also like chaotic. Sure. But it's beautiful. But like the I mean think about the the moment when humans began to, or or whatever our predecessors were began to learn and develop language that is dangerous some motherfuckers just because wouldn't shut the it's fuck dangerous up. because once you introduce language you introduce the ability to lie and the ability to with, hurt with others voice, with your yeah like it's it was probably verbal violence aside yeah verbal violence rather than physical violence yeah. like that's a that's an it's evolution like, uh, everything ev- evolves you yeah. can't ev- evolve ev- ev- yeah every advancement has good qualities and bad qualities because as humans we exhibit both like yeah we we do good with our advancements and we do bad with our advancements because we we're not advancing the good of humanity we're advancing humanity as a whole. Yeah. And we are we are a, a just a pinball machine of good, bad, and ugly. And like if you can't be surprised when the the your evolutionary advancements or technological advancements don't reflect that entire And I'd scenario. I'd say that there's more good than bad or ugly. And you're what? In general again? there's more good sure. than bad or ugly. Um, but bad and ugly stands out more. So because like, no, because nobody's celebrating the good. People don't celebrate good because good is what you want for normal. You set normal as good, and then you, so that means that when you see good stuff, oh, that is what I think my experience should be in life. But then when you see bad or ugly, you're like, ah, oh, this is not what my experience should be. So you complain and. That leaves good to be not upvoted. It just kind of is, but bad or ugly is is exploding into. That's why the news is so fucked up, is because today all these people went to work, they worked their lives, 
all these people, this group, one group, let's say, they love their jobs, they love their families, they love their commute, they bike or they walk, whatever the hell, and they went home, they went to bed, they had a little smile on their face, and they dreamt about puppies and kittens and fucking lollipops. Nobody cares because that's what you want. That's the that's the news wants to to turn all of the stuff that gets views, yeah. the flashing. I mean, they, we're going into a whole nother tangent, but which we don't need to go all the way into. But the flashing police lights, the psychological tr- like trauma that yeah. happens when you see those on the screens, like that's all the news is: is the bad and the ugly. Because that's how you get people's attention, and that's how you make money. I mean, through what? Advertising through advertisements. Fuck. It's all the... Everything's the same. (laughs) And you don't even get to comment on the the broadcast television news. Yeah. I I don't know if anybody wants to, but... Well, but, yeah, I I don't know. we're, We're evolved to focus on the negative because it keeps us safe. But we can rise above that. I feel like, and I feel like the, the, the technological advances that we're experiencing and the stuff that's happening in the world, I feel like it's overall a good thing and it's overall, um, progressing us forward. And I feel like it's okay. It's okay that there's chaos and it's okay that there's weird shit like weird transitional shit to the next thing because that's just expected. It's always been happening. Every advancement that humans make, there's always a struggle to get there. But once you're there, you're like, this is the new, this is what we are now. Growing pains. Growing pains. Not to discount the terrible shit in the world. I mean, obviously that's terrible, but I feel like overall things are getting better and things are, the, the more connected we are, the more um, prosperous we are and, and the more the, like we can kind of, we can do more, we can create more, sure. we can make things better. I mean, think about this. In 2001 or two, or 2000s, I remember my, my first internet computer. I was connected to the World Wide Web, AOL, baby. Dial up. One of those free 1997 discs. or 98. And uh, even then, the internet was, back then, the internet was the destination. AOL, the provider, gave you the destination. What do you want to see? Oh, keywords, well, here's our categories of things, you know. But nowadays, if you want to learn how to ride a unicycle, if you want to learn how to draw an owl, if you want to learn how to code a website or, or edit a video, you can go online and learn that for yourself. All you need is determination and focus to do it yourself. If you don't get it done, that's not on somebody else that's on you, you are empowered to do whatever the hell you want because it's there empowering you, us as a community, as a, as a species to grow. All the information's there. 
you know yeah. that is that is positive and you that, can't and you can't do that by reading the encyclopedia you can't you cannot learn how to how to i don't know i don't even i haven't looked at an encyclopedia since i was like in sixth grade i've never i haven't seen one since junior high school probably yeah I, I don't think anybody has encyclopedias in, anymore, aside from schools. And schools, I feel like, probably have to. For, they feel obligated to. They have a lot of dust on them, probably. They should just put a computer in their place and just look it up here. Look it up. Stop, stop wasting our... Their libraries are big, though. Libraries have a lot of a books. fucking flash drive. Yeah. Plug it in and read some shit. It would cost, it would probably cost less to get a flash drive for every student at a university than to update that the, the, the all's on the flash drive is a link to Wikipedia. <laughs> and give one to every student every year, every semester. It'd be cheaper to do that than to buy encyclopedias every time they come out. Yeah. No more alphabetic, like, okay... We're in the B's. It's a B E. No more Dewey Decimal System. B D. Yeah, like it's. You just type the shit in, and you find it instantly. Yeah. So I think that like. It, we might be going through through growing pains as a species technologically, especially with the rise and fall of social media. But like we are. This the social media rise and fall is not connected to our species. I wouldn't call it a rise and fall; more like an ebb and flow. Ebb and flow, I'm sure. Because there's always something else. There's, there's always, always something, something else. There's always something new. Totally. And anyway, but, sorry, but, what the, you the, but the the information is not slowing down. No. The information, like if you want to connect with your pals, that the the mechanism of w- in which you do that might change over five years. But the, the information on the internet is only growing. The information and the access yeah. is and growing th- that's exponentially. The, that's the positive. Those are the, those are the two key components of what makes it valuable. And that's, but the, the, that brings us back is like the future of advertising or the future of selling whatever you want to sell should be in music included. We're music. We're kind of a music podcast about music production, but the, the future of this shouldn't be about, about where people are connecting necessarily. It should be about the information, like putting your, putting your knowledge out there as an information source because the information is always growing and the access is always growing. So if that's the thing that's never ebbing and never flowing, then you should get your information is in there as a, as a knowledgeable source and become a part of that and then tie it back to your website or your music, whatever, as an expression. You're uploading into the collective human mind and what but what that means is you need to offer something yes. you need to stop off your your creative expression is not offering anyone anything valuable aside from entertainment start offering something more start giving something else start teaching somebody something tell people even if you have learned only the scales on your casio sk1 80s little battery powered keyboard you know something somebody doesn't teach somebody how to play the scales 
and now you are in the system. You're contributing. Yeah. And that that's essentially how fucking Google works with search engines. Their algorithm figures out what based on what you type in, what's the most relevant? So what is the most valuable? What is the most um What's the best content for what you're trying to find, totally. right? And so I feel like, I mean, working where I work, it's like there's Trey so... works at Squarespace, by the way. I work at Squarespace. There's so many people trying to make a website to sell something. Exactly. Or to promote themselves. And it's like every... Every day you talk to people who are like, well, why am I not getting traffic? Why am I not on the first page of Google search results? And it's like, because what you're offering isn't valuable to anybody. Yeah. Because you are in it to make money. You're, you're not offering anything of value to the human collective. Nobody cares. That's why. And you can't blame us as as the the, pla- host. the platform you're like, you're, yeah. you made the website yeah. you wrote the content <laughs> yeah. you can't blame us that nobody gives a shit about it you know but it's that like what you just said is a perfect example of like fucking search results is you 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 climb to the top you climb into the spotlight by having content and services and products or whatever that people find value in. You know, and that, it, that's like a, na- it's, it's almost like a natural law. Why would I care about anything that isn't like interesting to me? It, it may, uh, I wonder if that's why Bandcamp as a music sales platform has, ne- <coughs> has never really blown up. Bandcamp, if you don't know, is a website where you can sell your albums for whatever, donation or money. And it's really great for, for musicians because you can sell it's a platform. You're you're now you know you have your album on distribution through them, kind of you can buy their your you can buy our album and then put it in your iTunes and you're good to go. Um the problem with Bandcamp is that it's nothing but sales. I, I mean, I I literally haven't been on there in a while. I was on there the other day to, to put Sucker for Lights in our last podcast, but um, there's nothing. There's n- nobody wants to go to a site where it's just hundreds of hundreds of thousands of people selling their dumb thing that yeah. no that you don't Medi- know mediocre nor- information. Exactly, it, because there's no context, there's no story, there's nothing, and like our website literally is not up right now because we've we're because because and uh but like that's what a website needs to be if you're if you have a band website and you have your shows on there that is something of value that is valuable your shows and then link to music where you can listen not just buy and then you can buy it as well like the, the that's kind of valuable but what people are searching for is not you Unless you are huge, people don't know nor care. Yeah. And so how do you make them care? Yeah. It's well, by, in, in the way that people find music is by listening to it. But the, the way that people find stuff to listen to these days is by 
But groups. It's through groups. It's it's through groups, but it's also through search terms. But but I want to listen yeah. to this type of genre. I want to live like this but, mood or whatever. But Spotify has curators that create groups mm-hmm. and they find music and you in order to get become a part of those, you have to submit your music to the group. The the YouTube like uh, Chill Nation or Trap Nation or or all those m- music mix makers they're tastemakers they're channels yeah tastemaker channels you have to submit your music to them you have to you have to put yourself out there and become part of something bigger than yourself because alone you're going to sit in your corner crying that nobody sees you and your content has to be good enough that people are interested totally and usually like that's the hard part with music is that if you throw a track at somebody blind your track better carry some freaking weight because otherwise it's, it's it might not make it's it. It's in the pile. It's in a pile, yeah. So what do you do to, to, to be more than a track? And that's when you have to be a face. Yeah. And you have to be a voice. Yeah. And you have to offer more than that. Um, teach people. You have, to, you have to share something that people are looking for. Yeah. People don't look for your indie electronic music thing. They don't, I mean, they just can't. There's too much. They literally can't. Because, shit, man. Like, submitting your music to whatever Spotify playlist group you want, that pile is smaller than the pile that people search for on Google or on something else. It's like, and that's not fair to humanity to to assume that if your stuff is really good, that people are going to find it. You have to be somebody, you have to be the the band yeah. like not just be the a band with a label an album um you have to be something more yeah and that's where we are tr- we are in the process of trying to go yeah that's our that's our well that's part of why we're doing this podcast yeah it's because we're trying to offer more than what our music can offer yeah which is what we're always thinking about behind the music totally and we find it like <clears throat> We don't talk about this stuff often, but when we talk about it with each other, we both get value out of it because we're talking through all this stuff together. And uh, that's valuable to me. But if it's valuable to me, I I feel like somebody else would find it valuable. So why not put it out there? Why not throw it in the pile and see what people might find you know totally and if you're if you're making music and you are needing an expression to to help round out your offering of information try a podcast we're we are doing this podcast for us because this is what we do anyways and this helps us process our thoughts and put them into puts our put our theoretical conversations well in down on paper and then move into conceptual world of content creation which our content is music primarily yeah well these these conversations aren't useful to anybody but you and me unless we record it and put it out there absolutely and then whoever the fuck is listening yeah might found find value in it and there's there's no downside to just putting it out there 
for somebody to maybe find value in it. Otherwise, it's just me and you talking, which we do anyway. Yeah. And it never leaves this fucking room. But now it's leaving the room. And, and, and we appreciate can, we, and we appreciate your listening. And we hope that you've uh, subscribed to our podcast. And we look forward to, to hearing from you because we really, uh, we really do appreciate you and would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you. I hope you find value in this. Because otherwise it's just us rambling. But but we have those moments. We have those moments that are like Don Calvin. And in this podcast, we've already had multiple moments in almost every podcast that that have flipped. Yeah. Where it's the whole thing is talking about something and we're going deeper, deeper, whatever. And we get to that point where it's like this moment is a moment worth remembering. Yeah. And that we are recording. And that's why. That's why we're recording is because our moments, our conversations that are off the cuff are worth remembering. And in 10 years from now, this is on the record. This is on the record. We, we, we hope you do get value from this. And if you ever need any resources, we are here to offer more value. So just reach out to us on social media um, because there's nothing, there's no reason to do any of this aside from making connections and helping giving people. resources yeah helping helping our community because we are a community of creators whether it's music or video or whatever so we're a community of circuits we're a community of circuits making little connections yeah someday we'll talk about our conversation <laughs> probably someday soon it's yeah we're at, it's like whatever I think that's a good place to wrap up. I think so too. Um, we had big plans. We got deep in the in our thoughts. So next week on Off the Record with Nick and Trey, we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about um, uh, one of our la- one of our previous albums and the connection to uh, where we are now. And we're going to share a track that we're. We're looking back on, we're really happy about, and uh, in the context of our history, and share a little bit of behind all of the facets of of that track. We'll also recap your uh, NASA trip. Yeah, and we'll recap on my NASA trip, which it's crazy when things are so big coming up. It's like, oh my God, this big thing's coming up. And then you worry about it in a big way in your mind, but then when you think about it logically, it's like literally... Like sometimes it's like 24 hours from now, this will not even be a thing. Yeah. You know, like this NASA trips, I'm leaving tomorrow on when on, it'll be Wednesday. Uh, we post this on Friday, but it, I'm leaving Wednesday and I'm coming back on Sunday. So that's like a long Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's like, it's like five days out of town. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. But, uh, and then next week I'll be back and it will be over and it will, we'll be able to talk about it. Yeah. I'll be out of town on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday, and on Sunday I'll be out of town. Then I'll come back. Time is relative. Time is relative, man. Life is relative. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> yeah, so thank you for listening. Uh, my name is Nick Wichman. I'm Trey Tatum. 
That is Trey Tatum. Thank you for listening. This is Off the Record with Nick and Trey. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. This is off the record, right?